We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we record this podcast, the Gadigal people. This is their land, never ceded, always sacred, and pay respects to the elders past, present and emerging of this place. Coming up on Remarkable Insights. So when you talk to the people for whom you're designing, there's no substitute for that. You gotta figure out, are you actually solving for the right problem? The problem that you want to solve, is that a problem that needs to be solved? Ed Mullen here for the Remarkable Insights podcast, which is all about disability driving innovation. On my screen in front of me is Varun Chandak, a disability entrepreneur who almost as excitedly might have a special guest join us on the podcast. But I'll let you give a visual description of who and where you are and who might be joining us. So I'm a South Asian male, I'm wearing glasses, a hat, a sweatshirt, and behind me there's a couch. At some point during this podcast, my dog might make a guest appearance, so I'll be sure to call that out if he does. <laughs> we welcome all dogs on this podcast. Um, big thank you for joining us. I had the absolute pleasure of being able to meet you in person last year. But for everyone who maybe doesn't know of you yet, would you mind just giving a, a bit of an introduction into how you got to where you are at this point in your life? For sure. So just to set some context, I'm the founder of Access to Success, which is a not-for-profit in Canada, that is. How I got here is that I have a couple of disabilities myself. I'm hard of hearing. And I have what's called ERPS palsy, which is a form of partial paralysis in my left arm. And a lot of the work that I do, pretty much all of the work that I do with access to success stems with my own lived experiences with disability. And I guess that's what got me to where I am today. I'm originally from India, but I came to Canada in 2016. I was in an extremely privileged position to have access to those accommodations. I know for a fact that not everybody's experience is like that. And I'm about to answer how my experience was very much not like that when I was in India. In India, this is a bit of a unique situation. I used to attend a class, a daily class, when I was studying to become a chartered accountant. That class was a class of three to 400 people at a time. And the guy used to walk around with a mic, obviously. And the mic wasn't very good. So I couldn't follow what the speaker was saying very well. And my friends were instrumental in helping me in those situations. At yet other times, like in my professional career, it was hard. It was very, very hard. Uh, I had to work harder than every single colleague of mine just to prove that I'm first as capable as them and then more capable than them. So in the beginning, when I used to work in finance and I couldn't talk on the phone even back then. So that led to some difficult conversations, but I worked very hard to prove to my boss that despite this limitation, I'm better than everybody else in the room, or at least I'm harder working than everybody else in the room. Does it feel like there was this moment in your life where you started to really understand how technology could allow you to do these things more independently rather than needing someone there to help? do that sort of translation? I'd say that the moment I realized that technology, at least in theory, could be a game changer was when I was first diagnosed with hearing loss. The day I was diagnosed with hearing loss, I started daydreaming of a day when there would be smart contact lenses that would give me live captioning. I wanted my assistive tech to be completely invisible. 
because that was my mentality at the time anyway i still dream of that day but that's sort of where it stemmed from but at least in india for me it was about hiding my disability i didn't want to ask for accommodations i didn't want to ask for help because i thought it would be held against me when i applied for mba i didn't actually disclose i have a disability for the same fears um but after coming here after doing a lot of the work that i've done the work that i'm doing technology has already changed my life massively and i know the potential that it has to change my life in the future wow and do you think that perhaps technology has allowed you to feel more confident to step out and tell people that you identify as living with a disability the first yes the second not necessarily technology has helped me become independent to give you an example i live free and yes the lack of technology in and there was the catalyst in me inadvertently subconsciously picking up the reading i count myself extremely lucky that in a way the pandemic hit when it did because live captioning only came into being around 2017 i would say before that it wasn't very common and if it was it wasn't very accurate 2017 onward was turning point and automatic live captioning so when the pandemic hit without live captioning i would have lost all ability to communicate with people on my own people who were wearing masks but with live captioning i could do that it was as i said life changing for me so cool and now can you speak a bit to the work that you do at access to success for sure so we support the development of future leaders with disabilities and assistive technology so in the future when kids like me search for corporate leaders with disabilities they have a good long list of people to look up to so we do that through the access to success fellowship for mba students with disabilities which provides up to $90,000 in annual scholarships to mba students at four of canada's top business schools we provide in addition to that financial contribution a lot of support resources mentorship opportunities uh networking opportunities and stuff like that to uh not just the recipients of the fellowship but also to any mba student at one of our member business schools the second part is supporting the development of assistive tech it's a nature very similar to the amazing work that you and your team do at remarkable which is to support startups that are building products for people with disabilities so great and what have you learned about the size of the assistive tech market in canada and then the world so speaking of people with disabilities in canada people with disabilities are estimated to command 82 billion dollars in annual disposable income this is according to the research done by a canadian rich donovan whose research is now world famous in the space globally this market depending on numbers of look at there's several 100 billion dollars of income those if you include for instance friends and family of people with disabilities caretakers for instance it's estimated to in total be over a trillion dollars long story short people with disabilities have a lot of money to spend what do you think is the missing piece in in the education systems that we're teaching people about how to build a business and build a product what is missing from that the biggest thing the first thing really is to start with what we call co-design co-design is the idea that you design your product your solution with people with disabilities that means that you talk to the people 
for whom you're designing that product. Far too often, what happens is that really well-meaning innovators coming from a really good place in their heart, make assumptions about what people with disabilities might need and create a technological solution that might not really serve a purpose. A very prominent example is sign language gloves. The idea of sign language gloves has existed since the 80s, since the 1980s. And every single year, news comes out of another researcher, PhD candidate, who's working on new sign language gloves. And consistently, the thing that they miss is actually talking to the deaf and hearing loss and deaf and hard of hearing community about what do they actually need. So when you talk to the people for whom you're designing, there's no substitute for that. You got to figure out, are you actually solving for the right problem? The problem that you want to solve, is that a problem that needs to be solved? And do you have examples of maybe even technology that you use in your daily life that does have that ripple effect where it is, you know, it's something that you use that benefits everyone else that you interact with and then that has a flow-on effect? Yeah, absolutely. So I have hearing loss and uh, live captioning, so that's the one I can talk about at length. Right now, for the purpose of this conversation, I'm using uh, Google Chrome's inbuilt captioning and that's the reason we're able to have a fairly smooth conversation. I also use this app called otter.ai. That's otter, like the animal, <laughs> .ai. And it's a great, great live captioning and note-taking app that I've been using ever since I first heard of live captioning. One other technology that I want to talk about, even though I was diagnosed with hearing loss when I was 18 or 19, I've never been able to speak on the phone my entire life. My family and I just didn't know that it's because of my verbal uh, cognition limitations. Because of certain technical limitations that I won't bother with, essentially live captioning until very recently didn't work directly with phone calls. So if I want to wear my hearing aid and have the phone audio go directly to my hearing aid or my earbuds, for example, live captioning wouldn't pick that up because for that to work, the audio needed to be on speaker. And it wasn't very accurate because the audio quality was very poor. Until recently, Google's Pixel phone was the first phone ever to come out with the functionality to have live captioning for phone calls. And last year, I had my first ever conversation with my wife that lasted for longer than five minutes on the phone. And at the end of the conversation, she goes, well, do you realize this is the first time we've had a real conversation on the phone? And I was like, oh, dang, you're <laughs> right. And probably never going for another phone because I'm just so attached to Pixel now because of that memory. How wonderful. What did that feel like in that moment? It was amazing. It was amazing. It's the same thing. One was just like emotionally, it was just so great. For the first time in my life, I can independently make phone calls by myself. It wasn't something I could ever do before. Literally, to talk to my doctor, I needed to have my wife with me. To talk to my bank, my bank wouldn't talk to me on the phone because I told them that my wife is helping me and yeah, she's not an authorized signatory, so we can't talk to you anymore. What? I can actually have those conversations now. <laughs> that is so cool, Varun. And at the end of these conversations, um, I like to ask the guests that we have on our show to leave our listeners and uh, the people enjoying this podcast with a remarkable insight. And that can be a piece of device, words of wisdom. Perseverance was 
what did it for me. It's what always done it for me. I've like a lot of people with disabilities have received a lot of no's in my life. Uh, a lot of disappointments, a lot of rejections, a lot of times things don't pan out where disability had a direct and real impact on that decision, on those decisions. And having that thick skin to take that punch, take a day off to recover from the punch, but then the next day get up and keep going. That perseverance was instrumental in helping me not just get where I am, but also continue going where I'm trying to get to. Times when perseverance doesn't help is the second piece of advice, which is a sense of humor. When perseverance doesn't help, when you're trying and you're trying and you're trying and you keep getting a no, you just laugh about it, right? Maybe it's not for everybody, but it's what helped me a lot. Thank you to our guest. And hopefully you found your own remarkable moment. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow our Instagram at remarkable underscore tech for unheard moments from this episode. If you're still here, I know I mentioned Instagram, but you know, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and head to our website, www.remarkable.org. Bye for now.